The U.S. Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov career usbp. Gifting is hard. This isn't news. But what might be news is that you can now send beer, wine, and spirits right to your friends and family with Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Save time shopping, save money comparing prices across stores, and spend more time sipping with your gifties. Now, that's good news. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. Hello and welcome to Wolves Fancast. Uh, Richard Hobbs here. Um, before we start talking about Brighton game, talking about which priority level uh, we're all in and even Spurs, a bit of breaking news um, are coming out of a Fancast is we're now part of the 90 Min uh, Football Podcast Network. Um, it's great to be part of it. They are a huge uh, fo- um, football website um, and they've recently sort of expanded into... Um, the realm of podcasts um, in terms of what changes um, not a huge amount to be honest um, in the short run um, basically we're still owning it we've still got complete control over content which some will argue is probably not the not the best idea in the world um, but essentially it's going to help us broaden our audience particularly overseas in America and it's also going to connect us with other like-minded fan um fan driven podcasts as well so hopefully we'll, um going into next season at this point we'll be able to do more features with um opposition fans and things like that and sort of yeah we kind of push for fan cast from strength for strength but you know we're, we're really excited about this new partnership and yeah re- really keen to sort of get going on it so yeah stay tuned for sort of hopefully some fun little bits from that over the next coming weeks and months um joining me today we have Stu and dan to talk about brighton um we'll dive right into the start because i think we got thrown a little bit of a curveball um with the lineup and in a way i think it was there was a bit of a fear of being careful what you wish for because I'm not going to go to Stu first because I know his opinion. Um, but Dan, how did you feel with the lineup? Because there were quite a few changes. There was quite a few, um, I guess, of the less experienced players and the less senior players. So you had um, Hoover come in, Gibbs White came in, Virginia held his place um, as well. And we had Silver up front. What did you sort of feel with the lineup? I went into the, the game quite nervous, to be honest. I think of. Um bought into Gully's hype on Graham Potter that we were playing like a pig Barcelona today and going with a back four against this Harlem Globe trotter from the South Coast <laughs> team. I thought we were going to get absolutely <laughs> panned today. And I know like they had um, chances, but that it, I was sort of nervous going in because I didn't think defensively we were strong enough to sort of um, keep them out for over 90 minutes. The amount of chances that they create and the fails in XG, the create every game and all these superstars at Brighton have got the Neil Malpoise and the flipping Pablo Gross or whatever his name is. I, I was genuinely nervous. It was nice to see Matinho and Neves in midfield, but 
in hindsight, I ain't confident in them pair anymore. So, as I said, going into the game, I was nervous. Go on, Stu. Because, I mean, we, we've been talking about really mixing up. And he, and he did to, he did a bit last weekend as well um, against the Albion. And we've been crying out for something a bit different in Vitinha. Um, but I, I guess sort of there were a couple of, let's say, curveballs, especially on the right wing. Um, were, were you sort of happy? I mean, don't get me wrong, there's parts of it that didn't pay off. But um, go on. I was shocked, to be honest. I didn't think he'd do it two games in a row. And I had a little Twitter exchange with a friend of the show, Ryan Lester, as well. And I fully expected it to be back to normal. Um, 3-4-3, back to regimented players in normal places. And then it came out. And my only issue with it was Gibbs White playing there because that's not his position. And I know it's a kind of Achilles heel at the minute. If you don't play Troyora, then what do you do? Because Corbiano is never going to play, to be honest. <laughs> um, we had King Kilman back, again, faultless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was really, really encouraged the fact that Vitini got another chance in the same place as well. I was yeah. just, uh, and the fact that Silva started yet again. So yeah. I was, I, I was more up for this game as soon as I saw the lineup that I had been all week. No, I think um, we'll, we'll kind of go into the game as a whole in a minute, but it, it was nice to kind of see a Vitini in particular get two starts in a row, which. I, I, I'm thinking about. It. I don't know. He's done that in the league yet. He's had. He's actually had two starts back to back. Probably in his whole career. Probably not. No. And um, you know, we're, 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 Gibbs White's a talking point in itself. And um, I've, I've got a little question to pose to you both uh, towards the end of this segment, anyway. But I felt for Wolves first ten minutes, we looked quite. Right, and particularly eight Nori, we seem to be confident within ourselves and sort of moving the ball. And then it kind of slowed down after that initial 10 minutes and Brighton started winning set pieces. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's a bit, I mean, we've seen it so many times where in the games that we do start well, if we, if we ain't scored within the first 10 minutes, it, it kind of all goes to pot and it's like, oh, you've had your fun now to batter, batter being defensive first half Wolves again and that's kind of what it is and it, it, it kind of just, other than Vitini's shot which was tipped around the post, we didn't really do anything. We thought it was nice to watch, it was nice on the eye but other than that, it was, we didn't really probe them, we didn't open them up and then as soon as they started putting a bit of pressure on and winning set pieces then it was, I mean, we'll get to the marking in a minute but it just kind of went flat. Well, from from a kind of let's say a massive height, from a potential. Oh, this is different this time. To oh no, back to normal then. In the space of like five minutes, it just completely disappeared. Yeah, it was like after that um, Virginia chance where it was really well worked. He shit, you know, great um, little um, shimmy to open up the space. A really good save by the keeper. And I thought, this is a brave new dawn here. This is, you know, what you want from your number 10, isn't it? Having a shot outside the box. And then all of a sudden, we soon seem to sort of lack, um, lack control. And it started to a degree from the set pieces. And I think it completely mentally got to them. And it impacted positions on the pitch that had no issue with it. So um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Brock. 
right in goal first because that sort of started it and then they had a couple more chances after that and Wolves couldn't quite figure out how to handle it for a large portion of the game. So uh, Lewis Dunk opened the scoring. Um, so we're, as we're recording this, um, the Albion are currently getting relegated and couldn't <laughs> concede a third. So we, it, it sort of all flashed up in front of us. Um, but yeah, Lewis Dunk um, dunked on Wolves. Um, was it a case? And I think we're in the group chat, we're sort of trying to decide, I'll go for decide this rather than argue about it, whether it was a case of a Wolves player being at fault, whether it was a system being at fault, or whether it was just quite clever by Brighton, knowing that they have some very big centre-halves who are good headers of the ball, um, bear in mind, and a decent set-piece taker as well, because all the deliveries were really strong. Um, I'm right in thinking we've almost got sort of two different uh, opinions on this one so I, I went to uh, Dan first on the lineup so I'll go to Stu first and then let Dan have his uh, counterpoint I think it's really it's a bit of everything I mean they are dangerous from some pieces but now they are and Dunk's a very good head of the ball so from that point of view they've done their jobs perfectly so if you're kind of facing that then does it really make sense to put Neves marking him and again, Gully went, went into this and he'll go into it in GTA in the week as well, that zonal marking has been a, a nonsense for a while for us. And considering from set pieces and crosses has been a Achilles heel all season. It just, I mean, it wasn't so much that one. It was what ha- happened afterwards where they didn't learn from it and didn't change anything up. And that was what pissed me off more than anything else. I mean, yeah, if you get done once, fine. Everyone gets done once. And it was a great header. But to not learn from it and to not say, okay, Kilwin, you're six foot three, four, whatever you are, you go and stand next to the tall bloke. Just they make any sense. Yeah. Um, Dan, how about you? Because, I mean, I've looked back on it and on hindsight about Kilman to a degree. And I think Stu's definitely right that you can almost cope with it happening once and you can attribute it to Brighton being, you know, a bit savvy. The fact that they had like two or three other decent set pieces where we looked really fragile and really ropey. But for, for the goal initially, because that's sort of the one that counted, how did you sort of find it? Good delivery. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever come across any football fan in the world that's a fan of zonal marking. No, no one is. No, no pundits are either. It must it must work on the training ground when they're defending against cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Professional game. I don't know anyone in the football world that's a fan of zonal marking. I know there's, there's certain coaches across Europe and the world that um, you know stand by it, but it's all about taking responsibility and having the intent that if that ball comes in your direction, you're winning that header. I don't. I, I thought we were going to struggle regardless. I think that it was a good delivery when you've got the likes of Dunk, Dan Byrne. Um, Webster are all I think they're all sort of taller than our than yeah, our, than our defense. Yeah, you look. You're looking at sort of Connor Cody, um, Ait Nori, and Hover. These aren't sort of tearing defenders that I'm gonna, you know, brute the way into clearing the header. And as much as I'm not a fan of Kilman, it's just too much for him to take that responsibility on. And him being the centre of that zone of marking, he was just sort of. Um, ostracised from any responsibility really and you know Patricia with an outswinger he, he's not coming to collect 
I just think we were sort of on a hiding to nothing. And this, like I said, the fact that it could have happened moments later again, it's it's frustrating. But I think you've got to take into account that we just aren't uh, that eleven today isn't physical or even tall. No, I think I think it was after sort of set. I think Patricio made a really good save, like proper fingertip save. And then sort of about two seconds later, I've had another one in it was straight out, unfortunately. And I, I get your point with Kilman because he's our tallest player. But for the first goal, he was almost defending, not not quite the near post, but he was defending that front zone. Whereas if the ball goes over him, he, he's lost. Mm. And you rely on everyone else. And, you know, you'd have fought for like the next um, corner. You'd have had him, you know, at the back so he could run forward and attack it. And, you know, it's, zonal marking's a, a tricky one for me because... For me, it when it works, it works. But if there is a breakdown in communication, it crumbles massively. And if we have said how many times have we said this season, in particular, that this Wolves team just don't communicate with one another at the moment. Yeah, and it's there's no there's no fault of any of the players on the, conceding that goal. It's the system. The system's terrible. And it's like I can see. Why you do you you think of it because of the height issue, but then surely you got to give yourself the best chance possible, and not not letting them change it up. It's just you I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know why why it still happens. I mean, what what games is there? Thirty five of the season, and mm. this has happened all year, and it, it's never been a problem before this season. That's it. We, we we've cut we've played a mixture of zonal and man marking at the same time. In parts, but this season just seems to have gone completely to pot. You, you can't be allowing the likes of Dan Byrne and Lewis Dunn to have a run on you. It's on no. the market. It's just ridiculous. That's it. You need, uh, you know, you, you can't go hundred percent zone and just hope for the best. Um, and there's the R. Oh, good. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> That's nice. That's a nice thing. I feel a bit happier. Lap it up, Wolves fans. They're gone. And there's a good chance they ain't coming back from this this time. Well, we don't know. They're gone for a year, at least. Let's just, let's just agree on that one. If they, can, they can ruin our lives again for a, another time. But for now, well, drink it in. I was going to say, they had four points off us this season. And you know what? You can have them this year. I'll take it. If, if, anyway, um, so yeah, we, we it seemed to properly rattle us, didn't it? The um, uh, the set pieces, and we just couldn't find the mojo. And I thought, Neves and Martino, that that's like, the second quarter of the game. But we just looked completely on the ropes, um, and we just couldn't get anything going for a good part of the game. Um, out of curiosity, were you guys very relieved to see half time? Because <laughs> I, I say we started well, and they just got mentally flummoxed. Yeah, there was there was no coming back for me, and I think having I know Dan's going to say about the inexperience, but I think for this for that point, there was no one to lift them, and that should have been Cody and Neves' job to lift them players, but they were just shell shocked. Yeah, yeah, um, com- completely agree. And I think se- second half we started really well. We started a lot better. Um, they had their standard um, rocket up the arses 
um, at half time, which again, I feel I've said this before, slightly frustrates me because why do you need that going into the second half? Why can't you have that going into the first half? Um, we'll never quite know how the game would have panned out if Brighton had 11 players. But in a way, I was really frustrated with a red card and um, that instance because I. You know, we'll, we'll talk about. I, I thought it was a great bit of play, but I think it was Vitinho putting through yeah, yeah. and great. You know, excellent run by um, Silver. But I'd have, you know, I'd have backed Silver to score that. And I think I've wrote in my notes that it was a silly sending off, really, really stupid by Lewis Dunk. He's dunked himself um, on that one. Um, I mean, we, we won't even discuss whether it was a, uh, do we think it's a red card? Because it is the most blatant red card you'll see all season. I don't know um, what he was, I don't know, well, I do know what he was thinking because he, he, he was just a moment of madness, but then like he just stood there like, looking around, like not knowing what to do. So when you've, when you're really bursting for a piss in the, in the uh, train station and you, you're trying to find a 20p, it was like that. He was just, like, just like bamboozled by himself. Yeah. I mean, just, it, I, shit happens. <laughs> Yeah, I let's say for for me, I was really cutted for Silver because that was the first time it all it felt like in a long period in that game where we'd opened them up. Yeah. And how many chances do we see our striker go one on one this season? From that deep in the pitch, you it's usually so much sort of possession player that ends up in a, a wing position for us to actually have a player through on goal from about fifty yards out. I don't know how far it was. He'd probably around there. But it was, it was just an avoidable mistake, wasn't it, by Dunk? He's still got a long way to go to actually reach the area. And then he's got one-on-one. I mean, I, I, I'd back him to score it just because yeah. of the confidence the lad has. And I think he's just a natural-born finisher. Um, I, I can't remember what social media channel it was. About 10 minutes before that, they were saying, Lewis Dunk's got to be in contention for the Euros this season. I think <laughs> I don't know whether it was Boyles or um, someone else, but yeah, it was good jinxing that was. Yeah, I was going to say, out of curiosity, um, you know, just because I do occasionally like to go off on a tangent, if you're the defender in that situation, I mean, do you pull the man down or do you let him go through? You look a bit bad, um, but you back your goalkeeper. Do you, do you, or do you do the, I guess, the professional foul like Dunk did? Um, or is it a bit game circumstance? Because I think if that's in the 80th minute and that happens, nine times out of ten, I'd do it. Yeah. But at that point in the game, mm, I think it's just what, didn't, didn't work for me. I think it's just a reflex. I think I don't think he had a choice. I think he, it's just it's an automatic thing that he's he realizes he's screwed and he's. I mean, it's like why do people pull it? Why do players pull shirts and pull each other back? Me, it's like a, it's almost it's almost like a reflex. Because if he was thinking straight, he would have clearly just let him run through, but yeah. and be done done for pace. But no, nah, I just think he, I don't think he had any control over it really. No, um, I mean after sending off, um, Wolves released the beast um, from the bench. Troy came on. He, uh, I'm right in thinking he substituted ne- um, Neves, who again we talked about had a poor game, which was a really interesting one for me because. It moved Virginia further backwards and it moved Gibbs White inside, who I thought Gibbs White actually, even up until that point, had a decent game. He was playing out of position on the right, but he was showing, you know, he, he, he wasn't doing badly. He wasn't showing away from it. I mean, it clearly isn't a right winger in the same sense that Troy Ray is anyway. Um, but he kept plugging away and he 
um, just had a bit more about him in the middle and keeping Virginia, um in the centre as well, I think really helped Wolves and just allowed us to turn the screw, which, I, again, yeah, we, we were against 10 men, but we did keep opening up little pockets um, in that last half an hour. I think it helped having almost... Martinho and two relatively creative players in that midfield. But um, Traore, when he came on, he looked angry. He looked mad about it, didn't he? He, he wasn't happy about being a sub, was he, Dan? No, I think he's... Um, I don't know whether the pressure's on or Nuno's trying to make a, a point with him that he's not as irreplaceable as you think he might be at the moment. Um, just going back to sort of my earlier point, being like how I mentioned, we weren't a really physical team today. 61% possession was had today. When you've got five midfielders like we had today, mm. all like to keep the ball, tidy passing and actually um, attack with intent. That's why I thought we looked quite decent across the majority of that game today. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think, as I said, I think first 15, we looked, we looked all right. I and mean, then we, I, I think we struggled that bit for the first half. I mean, Second half, I can't remember Patricio being tested at all. No. It, whether I had 11 or 10 men. I think, I think once that conceded their, their sort of league position and their relegation form that they've been in, their confidence was just completely shot, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Traore just gave... For me, he gave us that extra little bit... Um, I think, I think he, the shooting towards the safe bank was massive though today. Like <laughs> the the seats of war getting warmed up either at all, like the, the suction starting. The, the ghosts of the safe bank were there today. <laughs> they've, they've, they've got a sniff of the ground, and they were there today in spirit. You could hear them on the BBC audio. That they never stopped all game. The safe bank today. <laughs> uh, uh, go on, Stu. Go on, Stu. Uh, so about about Traore, I think more. It's, uh, it's mental even talk, even saying it, but how blatantly fucking obvious it is that Gibbs White playing in his actual position changed the game. And how many times have we been have we played against ten men and it's been bodies behind the wall, it's harder to harder to break them down. And we ripped them apart for fun. Yeah. And that was playing playing adventurous players like Gibbs White in his actual position. Vatinia in central midfield where he can is well, he got dunk sent off with that through ball anyway. And having Matinho on licence to actually play like he does for Portugal. And I thought that, that second half performance was absolutely superb, even before the sending off. And it's so frustrating that it has to be in the second half and we can't do this for a whole game. That's why you, it's a boiling point all the time. But you know, I think Traore being there freed him up. I think that's what changed him. Yeah. I mean, and, and Traore's goal, I mean, again, it was, it was in, weird because it was, like almost felt a bit like an individual goal, but it was a really good team goal as well. And the build up for it, Troyore, I think Troyore six weeks ago might have just sort of swung it in himself rather than sort of just playing it back inside to Silva. Great layoff. Again, Silva, like we mentioned earlier, he, he played with a lot of maturity. You know, he, he almost played like he was 29 rather than 19 mm. today. And then just exactly what he needed from the finish. And, I said before with um, Troy Wright, he just needs to be a bit more instinctive sometimes with his finishing and just get the shot off when he gets in position for it. And it, it showed again today, which is great. And uh, 
the, the next one I was going to talk about was Gibbs White, and we, we, we've we mentioned him a couple of times now, and he didn't really get necessarily a chance on goal up until this point, but really well worked from Traore, closing down the keeper. I, I think I said, I don't think I've actually said it on this podcast, but my frustration with Troy is he's the fastest player in the league, but you never see him behind the defenders. Mm. He likes to pick the ball. Instead of like being on the last man and put, you know, getting into that position, despite that's where he gets all his goals, he likes to be 20 yards back and take a, a take a run at them, which I find bonkers. But closing down with goalkeeper, I can't remember the last time we've seen probably was, would have been like Jota last season, like you know, try and hassle the goalkeeper, and it nearly paid off. And then it comes to Gibbs White, who I I think probably across the fan cast, I'm probably not too vocal about it because of everyone else. I'm a really big fan of Gibbs White, and I have been since day one. And probably one of a few are still back him to a certain degree. Um, I think a few have changed that now. But oh, when the ball came to him, he just clipped it over the bar. I I genuinely have like excuses and reasons for how we missed it because it was sort of set up, like the, the cutback it was fine but it was set up for a left foot he kind of just muddles his feet did you when that happened because it's what the 86 I want to say something like that um, did you think that would be like his last moment in a Wolves top at that point no because I, I, he genuinely played well <laughs> so for it and I'm gonna look you in. I've I've slagged him off before, but it's never really been about him because it's not his fault. Because mm. I mean, Nuno's played him all on the wing. He's played him up front, and it's just nonsense. Just playing him in his actual position. I know the formation's been an issue with that, but if you've got the players, adapt the formation to the players. And we've we've all said it. And you you know firsthand with your relatives in Swansea, but how good he was for them, and playing in that position. And he was like a player reborn. Like he's never played that well for Wolves, for me, as he did today. No, not not definitely not in a long time. Calm down. This is why I can't understand how you're a big fan of him, Rich, because he's never really had enough time in a Wolves shirt to justify putting in a good performance, unless you've been over flipping the book said watching him from <laughs> the academies. Well, I'll ha- I'll let you know, but uh, <laughs> no, I just think from the points where I've, I've seen him play. He, you can tell on when he's on the ball, he's got something about him. Yeah. But at Premier League level, he hasn't had enough minutes to show us really. And I think over the last sort of couple of games where he's been in a position where he was comfortable with, he's looked decent to be yeah. a squad player at yeah. this level. I mean, there's a question I'm going to post to you after we talk about his goal, to be fair. And I think that's it. And I'm not saying he's a world beater and I'm not saying he should be you know, the, the num- starting number 10 for Wolves. But I think you've got, he's obviously got clear ability and he has done since he was in youth levels. And he has really suffered from being a bit of a jack of all trades. And it's a bit of a trait of youth team football, in my opinion, that England has changed their mentality and uh, focusing on very technically astute players, but often don't have a position. And unless you are light years ahead of everyone, you, you'll struggle to actually find a place in a team. So for a lot of time, he didn't really have a position. He could just play anywhere. And again, he couldn't focus on his game. And then he had a couple of injuries. He couldn't get in the lineup. Whether we, you know, whether he had off the field 
stuff going on that impacted performance. That's not for well me to say <laughs> anyway, because I can't be bothered with the editing job. Um, but he, he, he seemed to really enjoy being somewhere in Swansea, which again, look, I think we could all probably agree he, he's very good championship. And, you know, that gave him a bit of confidence. He's had an up and down season with injury as well. Um, but I think it's shown the last sort of three or four, you know, two or three games he's played for Wolves where he's had minutes. He's He's got something about him. And even taking his goal today, and it was something we've probably not quite seen from him before. And the difference between him having a second to pause and get his head up to you know, clip it in the corner after skying a really easy chance. Oh, it's just fantastic for me. I mean, I, I, how do you feel about the goal in general? It was you, a first... you can't knock the lads. Sorry, straight. You can't knock the lad for persevering after all the sort of social media backlash he's had at Wolves. The fact yeah. that he's missed, he's missed an open goal today, his head could have easily have just dropped and in, in the the ground at, eaten him up. But to go again, and obviously that was the only area that he could have put that ball um, when he scored the goal. And yeah, fair play to the lads. I'll be kicks on from there because we want to put the England uh, band back together and folding in the uh, World Cup 2022. No, <laughs> cannot wait, cannot wait. I mean, that brings me on to my question about him, you know, his future at Wolves. And for me... It is a bit of a question of whether we have hit Gibbs White or Vitinha next season because I think Vitinha has got a lot of potential. He's been a joy to watch the last couple of games. I think we're all big fans of him here and what he can do. And his best position seems to be that number 10 role, as we've just said with Gibbs White. Now, do you think A, we'll, be able, we'll keep both of them next season or if you can only get rid of one of them or not keep one of them, shall we say, because Vitinian's still technically on loan, do you not sign Vitinian and keep Gibbs White or do you move Gibbs White on, get the get the money and back Vitinia? I'll go to Stu first. If we're going to play this formation, just keep both of them. He's, he's all, if he's come out saying that he wants a bigger squad now and away from this silliness of only having 12 players, then... We're gonna need. Ideally, you want two players for every, every position here. Ideally, yeah. So, and Virginia can play deeper, as has been shown international. Well, obviously, age appropriate international level. So, you know, and we're all kind of thinking along the same lines that yeah, Matinho is not going to last forever, and he probably shouldn't last next season either. But so, <laughs> playing him further back with Gibbs White for in front of him, you could be looking at Harlem Globe just like football and why why can't you have two creative players in the middle? Why? No, I think I think my my sort of point was I like them both, but they are still on their upward trajectory as players and we could potentially sign a creative player who's a little bit more progressed in their career than them. Um because I don't think either one of them's the quite the finished article um, if we were looking to sign like another I guess a more accomplished attacking player sort of um, was my point of view I think if we keep them both and they you know if they have really strong pre-seasons great um, I just can't quite see us necessarily building a team around one of them at the moment um, I think that this is what needs to happen 
there's that if we're not going to have that much money to spend like they're saying like spears and everyone's saying oh, we have to sell to buy and all this stuff then we've got two players there who we can build the team around and silver as well who's yeah. i mean they're, they're all incredibly young why why can't we I mean, if we, I'd much rather do that than buy someone like Douglas Costa for thirty million quid and try and sl- slide him in somewhere because he's a, a Mendes client and he kind of fits the bill. I'd rather go the, the Mick McCarthy young and hungry route. But these players have got talent and they're only going to get better if you play them. So I'd go down that route personally. Dan, how about you? Uh, if you could sort of pick between Vitinha and Gibbs White, or are you, I guess, much more with Stu's camp? Let's keep them both. Let's let's see if we can keep um, their developments within Wolves for a season more. If Nuno's got the ability to handle a bigger squad, then I'm all for keeping both of them. If I had to get rid hyphenated things, not we'll for go for not we'll go not keep that. That would be that's nicer language in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. As shown at the start of the season, it still wouldn't hurt Gibbs White to get another loan out to a championship side in the hope that he has a Mason Mount type derby loan and comes back and kicks on from there. Yeah, no, I think I think that's um, I think that's more than fair. Um, we've talked about a few players who did well today in terms of Gibbs White, in terms of Virginia. Anyone else stand out for yourselves today, uh, Dan? I think the the region Bicente Lizarazu for me today again. <laughs> he's a future Ballon d'Or winner, that left back for us. If if he doesn't play Champions League level in his career, someone's seriously gone wrong because he's a serious talent. The it, 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 I don't want to compare him to Vinagra, Vinagre, if you will. But I hope, that, I hope it doesn't get drummed into him to start turning back like he did with Vinagre. I want him constantly going at fullbacks. He's got the ability to take players on. He's not afraid to get the ball in the box from distance instead of having to get to the byline. I like the look of him and I think he's a, a serious talent that if we can get him for good money this summer, he's the the um, blueprint false and signing in, in this era. A young player who can be a special talent and you, you double your money on him easily if you, you, when you do come to sell him definitely I think he's especially with Johnny's injury I think he's a shoe where we just need to get it sorted he's starting to prove himself again it, it, it's level of playing games isn't it for a lot of these young players we've said it before we've said we'll say it again these players have obvious potential um, and they need minutes look at Silver Eight Norway, he started really well, dipped off. They're young. We're going to have this, and sometimes we can be a bit prisoners of the moment um, about what we think of them after a game. Um, but eight Norway the last couple of weeks, he, he's quietly just been going about his business really, really strongly for me. Um, Stu, Stu, how about yourself? When you look at him in the eight nine months he's been here, I mean, we all. I mean, they probably had record viewing figures on BT for that that um, on gaming and uh, PSG before we signed him. When there were the rumours that he was going to come <laughs> in, and they got they got battered six, but he was their best player. And you look at him then compared to now, and he's light years ahead in nine months. Mm. He's matured that much, and I think it's been a blessing in disguise for him what's happened to Johnny because he would probably he, well he wouldn't have played, and we probably wouldn't have signed him either knowing that we've 
we can bring Vinagra back. And if Johnny being fully fit, I know he wouldn't have played these last few games. And he's he's now nailed on to be signed because, like Dan said, he's <laughs> the kid's got something. And unlike Vinagra and anyone else, he hasn't yet. He hasn't changed. He's just got better. He hasn't matured into this. Oh no, I won't cross the halfway line thing. He's just got better and better. So yeah, he's a nailed on signing for me. I just, I just need to emphasise just how much he's matured in these nine months. Yeah. And recently, as well, going into a back four, it looks it looks the part, even in the back four now, where I think we all thought he was just a wing back at the start. But I think he, he, he does definitely get better game by game at the moment. He's arguably played better with left back than he has left wing back. Yeah. And that's I think that's to do with the space that gets in front of him. I think he linked it really well with Podence as well. Um, when he sort of came inside, there was a couple of moments where when Wolves were sort of finding themselves, all, all our best patterns of playing the first sort of half and even going into the second were sort of down that left-hand side of him, you know, gambling and exploiting space and following your pass and doing the basics. Um, I was going to say, uh, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, I, I guess for me, you look at the players who did well and it's sort of more junior players in that squad and the players who seem to let us down today were the more senior players is that a is that a fair assessment Stu? Yeah probably I mean we were, Dan's not going to mention it anyway but obviously King Kilman did nothing wrong at all and he, he took a took a bucket for the team when he needed to and he was just it was all yeah, yeah yeah I mean he came forward I mean, having a shot well, what's he doing but Again, he never he never lets you down, does he? He just slots in back four. Everyone thinking, oh no, he's a championship player at best, and but he's just slotted in. No, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> and he didn't get rattled once. I mean, Cody got done, but redeemed himself as well. Welbeck, which is fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the two in midfield, central midfield, and dear God, I mean, Neves looks completely shot, and Matinho looks like he should be then with the horses, but. Uh, and then, do we even want to talk about Wally and Jose? For that, I mean, to be fair, Matino seemed to pick it up when we were down to 10 men. He had that bit more creative flow. And I think we can all agree that's where, where Matino. Yeah, that's where Matino's at, at his peak, is when he's got that bit more creativity going forward. And when he sort of did that beautiful clip over the top to William Jose and he trapped it. Like yeah, it was a bag of cement. Oh, oh, just Bill, come on! And we, we talk about lone lone players we have, and you know, in eight Norway and Virginia, and hopefully we can keep them. I think we've all. I, I'm usually someone who's on the fence on these things, but oh, I don't want us to sign him in the summer. And I, he, he's come in. He's he's done a job for us to a degree by literally being a body up front and being a little bit of cannon fodder uh, for Fabio Silva for for a few months while he was still acclimatising. Um, and who knows, in sort of five, ten years' time, um, when Silva's getting 60 goals a season, we'll look back at, you know, Jose being the making of Silva because he, uh, uh, because he kind of kept him out of the spotlight for a little bit longer. It's just wanky. <laughs> just I like how I go through all of his and go, yeah, he's just fucking shit rich, to be fair. Well, he, he's just, he's not, say his 13th game now, he's got one goal and he's not, he's looked like scoring one of the time. And that was his, his first one. He's just not good enough. He just can't, 
if this is just playing an English, we've said it a bit, his movement before, how, how shocking it is. And he's a po- he's very much a poacher and he's scored a few spectacular ones, but that's really what he has been brought in to do. I think he's just because we couldn't get anyone else. But when you listen to how, how, how much and how arduous the process of getting him in was, he's just been a complete failure. <laughs> yeah. Um, man of the matches, guys. Um, I think it's, again, a life's better when Wolves win and there's a few good performances out there today. And I think, you know, you take away 20 minutes from the first half and, and we deserve to win that game. Um, who are you having for your man of the match? Ooh. My Prosecco Awards man of the match this week. They had a Prosecco Awards for a good time. No, we've... Uh, has there been an occasion for bubbly <laughs> No, there's been zero champagne football for a long time. No. At, at we, had, we had a bit of champagne football today, so I think let's whack out the uh, whack out the eight quid Prosecco. You could you could give it to two or three today. I'll, purely because of the effect that he had on the game, I'm going to give it to Adama. I think he he definitely changed the game today. Yeah, well, I'll go the other way. Then I'll say Gibbs White because he played in his actual position. He was superb. Oh, see, I'm torn because those were literally my two. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to Gibbs White chiefly on the basis that he scored the winner. Uh, which doesn't say much about Troy because Troy was a catalyst for the for game changing, and we might. I think if Troy didn't play today, we'd have got a point. But the fact that he came on, we got three points. Um, I don't want to hear any more negativity from Monday to Sunday in this WhatsApp group. If you <laughs> boys are going to give a player that pretty much missed an open goal, man of the match, <laughs> redeem himself. He did like Nuno today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, we're going to take a short break, guys. Um, we're going to talk about. Um, well, we're going to skip forward. Actually, we're going to talk a little bit about Man United and um, talk about Spurs and do Twitter corner right after this. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, WolvesFancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back. So, um, in line with the restrictions being uh, lifted in football stadiums, um, for the last home game of the season against Manchester United. Uh, a select number of fans are being able to attend the game. Uh, there has been a little bit of um, difficulty, controversy, uh, balls up, however you want to look at it in terms of priorities. Um, I just want to quickly gauge your thoughts, guys, in terms of A, uh, did you apply for tickets? Were you successful? A um, bit of your reasoning behind it, really. So, so Stu, um, did you apply in the end? <laughs> just now I mean it'd be kind of it'd be massively hypocritical of me for the amount of slagged everyone off for the last year to then go and apply and take uh, for the last game of the season which is going to be like a celebration of being back I just don't think it was right and the fact that it, it's been so awful anyway 
why would I spend money to go and watch that when I can sit in my armchair and be happy? But now I, I just, I just the whole process, and it's just, it's not the fact. Oh, I'm not going back until all fans are back and that kind of thing that a few people think. But it just stays in right for me, and I just thought, well, I could, I'd rather not be there to be honest. Yes, in fact, I mean, I, I I didn't end up applying for a couple of different reasons, and you know, um, I, plastics. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, Dan, Dan, I know you're not a fair weather fan. Rich, we, me, me and you had a lovely um, stories from the pack episode, which is still out for viewing people, and so it was it was clear for me from the start as soon as we had the opportunity that I was hundred percent applying because. I just wanted to be there. I did. I, I wanted the opportunity to say that I haven't missed a season in 27 years. And, he, and if, even if it was as bad as what Stu says every day of the week, just to have the opportunity, just to have the opportunity to boo him off would have pleased me. <laughs> just, just how much not being in the ground and having that match day experience has been such a blow for a lot of people, including <coughs> myself. What was that? It was a blow. Yeah, you definitely wore coughing plastic. I know that. <laughs> I just think, like, if if the opportunity's there, and I've got, and, and I can, I was going to reply. Uh, my mindset was, if I couldn't get a ticket, then I wouldn't be disappointed. But if I can, if I can go, great. No, I mean, to be fair, I'm... plus plus with a limited crowd, I've got a really good opportunity to call Marcus Rashford a wanker. Because I think it would just be funny for the amount of good things he's done. It'd be so like ironic just to call him a wanker. And you can get your Fabio song started as well. Yeah, me on my arm with like 2,000 people looking at me stupidly. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, uh, I think it'll be an interesting occasion because, of course, Wolves didn't get to host any fans um, at the end of 2020 um, when, when a few were. So I, I hopefully that Wolves can actually turn it on um, for, for sort of a few thousand are able to go. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting, kind of gauging. Uh, your guys' thoughts. Um, the other one I sort of wanted to pick up in not not quite general news, and we've talked about um, Virginia and Gibbs White to a degree. When I saw the lineup today, I thought it's a bit makeshift, but there's potential in it. How many of that starting eleven would you have starting next season, or very much within the squad? Because um, you know we, we, we've. You've got eight Nori, you've got Podence, and I've seen sort of quite a few question marks about him. Silver as well's in there, um, and Nevis and Martinho as well. So um I, I know whether we want to kind of just go for it player by player or um how how's best, but I think we would we all sort of be across the board in terms of Patricio um being Obviously. our goalkeeper next season. I don't see that changing. Um Hoover, he's Definitely going to be back up for Samada, I think, going into next year. Um, I think I think he's he's a prime example of what we were saying about game time. That mm. he he looked tidy, but at the same time, he didn't look wonderful, did he? I mean, if Samada would put that performance in, he, he would have been lynched. <laughs> yeah, I think um, for um, Hoover today, I saw someone say he's getting him a lot of good positions, but not an awful lot's coming out of it just yet. Did Matinho think Hover was Trent Alexander for our corners today? <laughs> oh, good grief! I mean, I was going to say we did. Even, we, we've we've talked to short corners to death, haven't we, on uh, this season? But 
I was getting text messages um, about how bad they were. Um, and uh, uh, I, I was doing the in-game Twitter for the game today, Rich, and I was literally finding wasted gifts because I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, what they do in training. Like I said before, they must be like attacking against cardboard cutouts to keep persevering with these short corners because it doesn't work. I know we haven't got like a tall squad and and they're trying to manoeuvre a set piece where they can draw the defenders out to then have a bit more space in behind them, but it's not working. Just get the ball in the mixer and someone go and header it. It's simple as that. I think yeah. the, the, the problem is it's Matinho delivering the ball as well when he did it in the first season but since then it's been kind of first man-itis and yeah. that's why this all started in the first place I mean you, got, you got players like Aiden Uri who can put a ball in yeah a few went out of play last week but he can still put a ball in and you've got players there who surely could do a better job I mean I, I on the face of it I've not got a problem with short corners especially today because we've already talked about how dominant Brighton are in the air compared to us. So if you want to do something differently to open up, great. But do it well. <laughs> As Dan said, on a training pitch every day in the week. And that's the best I can come up with. Come on. What's more that's... frustrating, our corners or the fact that we're still allowing Nevers to have free kicks. No. He added again to his catalogue of howlers today that were high and wide. But, Someone uh, needs to tell him to stand aside for this one. I'm, I'm having a go because it's embarrassing how many free kicks and long-range shots and hitting my seat in the South Bank. But it's, it's Nevers territory and he has got form, remember, as we told every week by different commentators on every single show. Well, he looks like a dad in his 40s now with his shooting. His, his legs have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I find it interesting with Nevis. And to be fair, he's, what has he scored? Three free kicks for Wolves? I want to say maybe four tops. Well, he's only scored one in the Prem, hasn't he? He scored Everton, Everton. he scored Arsenal, both yeah. in his first season. Can't remember one last season. Um Probably should have done some prep for this one if I'd thought it through. But um, they, I'd, I'd be interested to sort of see his stats over three kicks compared to, I guess, every other team's set. You know, free kick taker. Um, but it sometimes feels like it, it, it's completely. You know, it's either fantastic or it's terrible. Well, it's. You know what I mean, it's like it's either stick, it's either nesting in the back of the net, or it's on target, or it's high wide enhancement doesn't look anywhere near the goal. And I think that's what's getting to you, Dan, isn't it? It's the fact that when he doesn't quite get the technique right, it looks awful. It's just coming to me, lads. Okay, the fans ain't sucking it in. <laughs> that's got to be it. They've not got. We've not in the South Bank. We've not got those arrows where we can just all direct it. <laughs> going in um, yeah so Neves Moutinho midfield next season do you reckon uh, fourth time lucky <laughs> the thing you've got to you've got to, you've got to um, allow Neves for is that since joining us he, he hasn't had a break even yeah. with like sort of it was at the Nations League at the end of last season he's he's got more flipping kids than flipping um, Bernardo's he he doesn't sleep, does he? He can't sleep. Maybe he's, maybe he's a vampire. Maybe he's a, that's a problem. He just looks tired to me. I, I said on Twitter today that Matinho makes him look 
Mm. It gets material. I look young for me at times. The way he moves about the pitch, it looks like it's a slog for him at times. I don't. Did he have? Did he have COVID or was he isolating? Who knows? I then, don't quite know. I think they. Ooh. Well, they said Bolly. They said Bolly was only was isolated at first. Yeah, and now he's got lung COVID and he's like yeah broken. So. <sighs> I still think it's, Neves, on his day, we have to build a team around Neves yeah, in Anfield. Yeah. But recently, yeah. if someone was to offer big money, I wouldn't I wouldn't be as heartbroken as with him leaving as I would have done probably 12, 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah I know when they were talking on Set Piece Menu last week about the um, the way players have moved through the systems and stuff. And you look at the, the, who came in for us in that first year where you had Neves, Jota, Cavalero, Costa. Costa's probably gone sideways now to Leeds. Cavalero, down to Fulham Jota's obviously gone to Liverpool and Neves has kind of just stayed he's kind of plateaued and he's never really pushed on so I'm, I'm with Dan with that if someone came in and offered like 40 million then you'd t- I'd take it now because he's just not he's not stepped up like everyone thought he would do and obviously he's still a brilliant player obviously don't get me wrong but I was going to say that, I think no you've got it right he's he's not dramatically improved he's just consistently kept and, at the right level you know he's he's almost been at that that solid pro level for three years in the Premier League and he's not been stand out to the degree as much as I think we all kind of anticipated he would and whether you know it'll be a changing system or whoever he's playing alongside I think it'll be interesting but um Martino, um do we see him being the start of next season? Has he has he got a contract till twenty twenty two? Is it the end of his now? No, it's going to the year. I think he's got another year now. I yeah, think. It, it would be more sort of evident in the media if his contract was coming up this season. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. if he play them to play well for Portugal. This is the problem. They go to Portugal, they play well, and then they come back here and they're kind of shackled. So it's a, it's almost a case now. You can't play both of them, and which. Why, if we're going to have a bigger squad, then surely we play someone like someone with more energy next to him, like Vitinha, or someone to hold and let them run wander around, like Otisewi, for example. I'm not saying it has to be them, but to keep playing them together now in a, in a fourth year would be ridiculous. Yeah, um, I would say that the last sort of player sort of to sort of move it along. Who I, I think most of the other sort of starters we could sort of not see. Necessarily being a starter, Silver. If Jimenez is back, he's probably not going to be a starter. Um, Troyore probably gets in ahead of Gibbs White, and even the team you've got Neto as well knocking about. What are you guys thinking about Podence next season? Because he's had bright points, but he's gone very quiet now the last few weeks. And I don't, I'd be interested to see you guys' thoughts on. Yeah, his long-term future at the club will get, definitely going into next season. You see him becoming a squad player as opposed to a starter. It, it breaks my heart, to be honest, with um, Little Dan 2.0. I, there's definitely a player there, but I, I don't know where he fits in with this Wolves team anymore. This is like his second season there, Wolves, and if you look at his sort of appearances, he's always carrying an injury at some point yeah. or other. He's definitely got a bit of flair in him, but when you look at the likes of Neto, Adama... Vitinha, Gibbs, White, all sort of vying for them um, three attacking midfielder winger positions. I don't know where he fits in. It's just whether he's happy being a squad player as well. Yeah, I think sort of from the last couple of games, which I appreciate two games isn't quite enough to judge it on, 
I'd probably prefer Vitinha in back number 10 than Podence because Vitinha can drop back and, you know, play the conductor as well as pushing forward and Podence doesn't quite have him about him. But he's been known to have his little bits of magic. How about you, Stu? Do you see him being, I, I guess, our starting? I mean, if you you go back to restart last June and he'd pushed Jota down to fourth choice. He was great, but that's you're looking back to when was the last good game he had? Probably Sheffield United away, first game of the season, the one that sticks out for me. And was that even him? Yeah, it was. Um, I'd get rid. Honestly, I, I just get because he doesn't. He's like one in one in seven, one in eight, where he seems to turn up or do anything. The rest of the time, he's kind of sulking or trying to kick off with people or or he's injured he just hasn't it just hasn't really worked it's like it's another one that's kind of there's there's obviously something there but for whatever reason it's just not clicked like dan's best mate catrone where there was <laughs> he had something but it didn't work and now he's moved on and it hasn't worked anywhere else since and i think that's what I mean, obviously, we all saw the, the game against Spurs when he was at Olympiacos, and he was amazing. But it's been too few and far between for me. I, I'd, if it was an option of anyone to sell, then he'd be first out the door for me. The concern with Poland is that we're probably going to um, make a loss on him, the way he's going. Yeah, oh, 15, 15, 16 million, was it? Something like that? Yeah. And you assume that's the price we'd have yeah, to pay for Vitinha? Yeah, you again. I mean, if someone, if someone like, I don't know, if Watford offered 10, 15, you'd take it. I'd bite their hands off for that now. Swap deal with Porto for Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a value dream. Um, okay, so I was, I was just kind of curious to sort of see how we thought the... Uh, for, again, it was an experimental lineup today. I wanted to sort of see how we thought it looks next season. Because at the end of the day, Nuno was experimenting today for next season. Not, I mean, he, he got to rest players, but... Um, you know, I think it gave us a, a good chance to look at a few of those other players staying in different roles as well. Um, but moving on to our next game now. So Wolves are playing Spurs next Sunday um, at two o'clock. Um, we're not going to kind of go completely in depth um, onto it because we'll be doing our fancast pre-match um, show on YouTube and on uh, podcast forums for you all. Um in terms of lineup, do we see it being a bit of a revert back to how it was, I guess, against the Albion, or do you think it'll be the same sort of starting eleven? How do you sort of see it um, being tweaked um, going against Spurs, Stu? I don't think there's much you really need to change going on that second half performance, but that's the problem. But is he going to go there and he's going to stink the place up first? Because if we, I mean, Spurs, the state they're in, if you go at them, they'll just completely crumble. So, I mean, for me, you, I think back four's setting stone now for the rest of the season. Just um, so you bring so in who some, you sent off, then I'll just keep it the same Kilman and Kilman and Cody. Well, why, why change, why change it? I mean, they, they didn't really do anything wrong today. Um, obviously, Samada's going to be back from his little rest. Um, and personally, I, I'd go, I'd probably go Vitinia, Matinho, Gibbs White in as a middle three. And just and put Neves on the bench for a change for the reasons we've already spoke about that he looks like he's forty five, um, and then 
you only got the one the one problem part of of silver up front. Then do you start with Traore? Which you kind of uh, unless you're going to play Corbiano, which he's not going to, then you kind of have to. <laughs> and then you're left with Prudence or playing someone else out of position. So I mean that's I mean the forward forward options are the only ones that I, I'd really see changing. But ideally, that's that midfield three. I'd go to Spurs and take the game to him. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, he's never going to play for Montreal Messi. Um, and yeah, I think the only... I, I could see him maybe starting Troy, but dropping Podence. And uh, again, just shoehorning Gibbs White onto the, onto the left or, or keep swapping him and Vitinha. That's, that, that's how I'd potentially work it behind it, whether you go Otisawi in the middle... Dendonka because he's dropped out of game and you almost go Patino and Dendonka and mix it up. Dan, what what are you thinking? I'm, I'm probably going to be negative and go back to a five against Tottenham, to be honest. And I think it's, it's, it's ridiculous to suggest it, but I think they've got that much sort of um, exciting players in their final third. I, I, I think we'll struggle to keep them out with that back four. You know my, you know my opinions on, on hmm. Cody and Kilman as a back two centre pair and I think having Kane going up against them two is just an accident waiting to happen Do you bring in uh, Sykes back in then? Was Bolly back in training? Ooh, I'm sure I read it. Bolly was back in training the weekend even so it might be a bit too early for him to come back They did lose 3-1 to Leeds they only yeah, Leeds, one have always got, Leeds have always got that. I mean, in, in the Marvin to, to beat teams like that, they've also got the ability to get beat 4-5-1 in a game as well. It's And that Harry Kane offside as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I can't I can't have that VAR discussion with you, Stu. Stu that's just... The game's horribly the, vile at the moment. It's just slowing balls for that. To be fair, the linesman did flag for that first. It was it went to VAR to confirm, but the linesman gave that offside. Just to be yeah. pedantic. I mean, I, I did sort of ponder at half time today that maybe we should have brought on Dendonk at half time just to have a bit more height and physicality on set pieces. But he's been poor recently, hasn't he? So I don't know why you, you would bring him back in. Um it's a difficult one for Nina, but the old saying you never change a winning team, do you? It's just I think a back four against Tottenham and that centre back pairing's just Makes me nervous. No, fair enough. Um, score predictions then, gents. Two all. Um. Yeah, I think there should be there'll be goals. Actually, to be fair, um, another three-two win. Okay, I'm going to go one-one. Again, <laughs> eh, slightly less goals. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. Shall we have some questions from Twitter Corner, guys? Bring it on. Right. Uh, big thanks to everyone who sent us your questions after uh, today's game. Um, right. So, first up, Gaz Roberts. How many goals will Morgan Gibbs White score for Euros? <laughs> Top scorer, six. It's a difficult one because... People seem to take our Euro tweet quite seriously today <laughs> on social media, and I'm, I'm I'm not sure whether I'm I'm uh, to stick with it and actually pretend he's actually going to be there. Uh, so I'll say nine. He'll win the golden boot. Nine. Okay. Um, 
football uh, near fates. Um, one of our, uh, I was going to say, one of our foreign fan cast friends. Um, but what would our table position be if we played every game against ten men? <laughs> Which appreciate well, gives us a bit of an unfair advantage, but yeah. Well, it's switched even today in the Arsenal game where we've actually before then I can't remember the last time we actually played well against ten men for for my entire life. So I think good on this season. You look at the Champions League. <laughs> Difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean to be fair, like if, if we've got like nine percent more players from the opposition we probably should be doing better for them um so what have we got coming up um we've got uh three tweets from king wolf 84 nag uh who's a friend of the fan cast um I- i'm gonna re- read out the only one which is actually a question because the other two is just letting me know things um and i've got a lot of time for him um how good it is to have one of our own score for winner it's been a while. You know what? I was just thinking the same. I was trying to work out the last time we had an academy player score the winner. Pricey? And MK Dons? Did Bright maybe get a goal in a League Cup game? I've got a memory. Did he score the winner against Barnsley we got, the season we got promoted? Anyway, I li- I mean, we, we, can all, we can all agree... It's been a while. It's been a um, long, long while. Yeah. I, mean, I remember Glenn Crow scoring away at Charlton Athletic back in the 90s. He was another good academy player. You got your Robbie Keynes, your Les Scotts, and Dominic Fowley. Dominic Fowley. Swindon on, the, on, on Sky back in the day, past Frank Talia. <laughs> I was going to say Adam Pradock, who's now, his, who's now 40. Yeah. Mate, that makes me old. feel old. That. That, that is a sign of the times. Uh, Stuart Jones, um, how many of our nearly switched off? Um, how many of you nearly switched off at half time after how poor it was? No. no I was no. doing but, Twitter in games, so I'll, I have to just take one for the team and persevere at times. Yeah, the, the only time I've left a game was the um, was Burnley away when I uh, went to watch Gremlins. I said it at the time. I said it on the podcast at the time, or the one after that. It, I was so pissed oh, off. Sorry, I've I, I got it into my head that you actually left the ground early. It was an old Burnley game that like you'd, you'd left early to go and watch Gremlins. I've <laughs> <laughs> <No>. got <laughs> got to get on the uh, on the fifty nine bus to get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob Cartwright's uh, got two questions. Hmm. Okay, we'll go for the first one. Um, when did Neres last hit the target with a free kick? I'm struggling. I really am. Um, he also says, sign Virginia and sell Neves. And I guess we sort of covered it. Would you sell Neves to fund, uh, for, I guess, for transfer funds of its own right, or only if like a big, you know, decent money came in for him? I think 40. If you're talking Jota, Jota level money, at least it's tougher thinking of Nevers than it was for Jota for me. Just because of what we said, that he, he just looked fucked and he needs a rest. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, if it was a case of we had to sell someone and he was the only one to sell to buy, to bring in Vitinha and then have money for someone else, 
for 45, 50 million, then I probably would. Okay. Um, last question we've got is from Todd DeWitt, uh, the California kid, who's now no longer going to be the California kid. He's actually moving to Minnesota. So the Minnesota man, does that doesn't sound as cool as Colorado kid. Did I say California kid? Yeah. Just ah. Uh, I was going to say, the Colorado kid. Um, anyway, he asks, um, you have to sell either Triore or Podence in the summer. Which one do you sell? Dan? Podence in in some sort of... Um, we can put him in a, in a Kinder Egg <laughs> nice and, and pack him up nicely. <laughs> I was going to say, like maybe from that logic, maybe like a Babushka doll. And like you keep taking out porcelain. porcelain. Um, what's the called? The little Russian dolls. Yeah, yeah. You take out lots of Daniel Ponens until you get to him in the middle. Probably very uh, air deprived. Stu, how about you? Um, you've got to sell either Ponens or Trail Rain. Oh, Ponens, hundred percent. I mean, I've been on on the sell Trail to get money train for a while, but with the choice of them two, then yeah. He doesn't do anything. He's rubbish. Waste of time. The situation for me is I'd rather let trail. How many years has trail I got left? Yeah. One, two, 18 months? No. Mm. Two years? Yeah, so one, we've, got, we've got two seasons left. Yeah. It, it, excluding this one? No, because he'd be able to talk to people within a year. No, six months, eight. So his contract um, ends up in 2023. Yeah so, yeah, yeah, so he's got two yeah. seasons left. Yeah, I'd I'd rather let him go for a free in two years than sell him now. Yeah. Okay. I think it's too important to the way that we that we play at the moment. I think he proved today him, him coming on a, when he did to to change the game. I mean, it, for every game like today, you get other games where he just gets in the way and doesn't really do anything. But like today proved when he's on it. And when he's when he actually wants it, like he, I mean, it was a master stroke making him all angry, like we said at the start. When he's when he's in that mentality, he's unstoppable. I just think when he's on the pitch, he because teams are so scared of his pace, they freeze up other areas. So once Neto's back, you, you've got Neto having one on ones against full backs because Brighton and uh, Brighton the, the opposition of uh, overcrowding Troy on the other wing. Yeah, I think that. Uh, to a degree, I think not having Jimenez has been a bit of a struggle with that because, again, he's someone who takes multiple people to occupy and he's clever with his movements. So he's either creating space for Traore or himself or, say, for Neto as well. And the fact Wolves haven't been switched on enough to, you know, manipulate the, the overloads of defenders is, is a bit of a shame this season um, and sort of one where hopefully that they can review... Uh, next year um i think that pretty much wraps it up for today guys um i must say it's been quite nice talking about wolves winning it actually been a fun game for a while feels like i can't remember the last time half I... a game yeah, i'll go for two thirds <laughs> how about how about you percentage wise hmm. yeah, two thirds is about off i think what i enjoyed today was pretty much sharing about 90% of Wolves players' Instagram posts on our story just because it felt nice to do. Yeah. To give them it, a bit it, of a morale boost for, for themselves. It, it, yeah, like for me, it just, it it felt like a good game and they worked hard for it. It didn't feel 
unearned. So even like when we beat um, Fulham recently, and it was a bit of a turgid game, it, it seemed to have something about it today, and it was it was actually fun to watch for for the most part for me anyway, or at least half of it for for Stu. Um, big thanks to everyone who's joined us today. Um, really appreciate you popping along to have a little listen. Um, thanks to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. If any of your website needs, any of your marketing needs, any of your branding needs, go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. Um, make sure you keep in the loop with all things Fancast. We're on uh, all of our social media media uh, accounts now at Wolves Fancast to keep things lovely and simple. Um, make sure you're checking out our YouTube channel, our post-match fan reaction um, is for today's games out there now. So if you want to hear um, my my thoughts and some of the other guys' um, views sort of directly after after the game when everything's a little bit rawer, uh, go check it out. We've also got our fancast pre-match, which will be dropping um, sort of Thursday, Friday time. That uh, little Dan will be um, hosting once again, and we'll also have got his tactical analysis as well. We do quite a lot. Yeah, all for free. Amazing. Oh, all for free. Um, there's still a lot, lot more to come. Yeah, I was going to say, like, oh, this is, this is I was going to say, I like, I dropped and go, oh, we're, we're a bit of all right here, guys. But <laughs> yeah, make sure you check us out. Um, again, lots of fun stuff for you. Um, and yeah, keep up to us on uh, on social media for your lols and trolls as well. Until next time, it's goodbye from Stu. Goodbye, but once you've checked out our Twitter feed, please go and check out uh, the official HRH because some of the stuff he's been putting on <laughs> is incredible. I will check this out. I, I, I'm guessing, is it relating to the Albion? It, it, it's very much got him dancing but, and it's almost on a thousand likes already. And it's at this point, not even 10 o'clock. Okay, wow. And it's goodbye from Dan. Catch you in the week, folks. As Richard mentioned, I'll be doing the Fancast pre-match sponsored by the Sports Shop Kings Winford with former Tottenham and Wolves uh, attacking midfielder Rowan Ricketts next week. So uh, keep your eye out for that. What's happening? That's a great, great one to uh, listen to. It's goodbye from me. And finally, and I think you can all enjoy me saying this, fuck the Albion. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.